1: It's the Bama online podcast Travis Ryer senior analyst for BOL with you once again as we get you ready for a football weekend in Tuscaloosa the Crimson Tide hosting the Wildcats of Kentucky on Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium, we'll get more into that as we move throughout the show and joining me to do that, Tim Watts, site publisher for bamaonline.com. But Tim, as we get into things as we record this on a Thursday morning, uh, we got to talk some NBA. we got to talk some Alabama men's basketball because Kyra Lewis Jr. on Wednesday night goes with the 13th overall selection to your soon-to-be mine as well. I'm going to go ahead and adopt, I think, the New Orleans Pelicans. But uh, yeah. is there any room? Is there any room on that bandwagon with the Pels oh, that I uh, could?
0: So I've saved you a spot for years, Travis. <laughs> I've
1: saved you a spot. Since were, the Chris Paul trade. Yeah. There's were, been spots. Yeah. Yes.
0: Since Chris left the building, I've been waiting hey the colors got better, the mascot got meaner. Um, obviously it was a good deal for Kyra, you know you read you read during the week you know if you're following the mock drafts and the discussion around Kyra he he apparently interviewed really really well and talking to people close to Alabama, um, that was a huge part. I mean you know he's young. he I mean he's a, you know he's a little over 19 years old for a sophomore really young for his age. Two years of experience. you know I've seen some of the criticism of Kyra. And uh, I know Nate Oates has talked about it with the turnovers, but I mean, you know, the guy was playing, was the only lead guard uh, handling the ball, facilitating the offense basically for a whole game. So, you know, still has some maturity to do decision wise, but with Drew Holiday being traded, uh, they're in a good situation. I mean, we've got Eric Bledsoe. It's a really good situation for Kyrie. you got Eric Bledsoe who's there uh, George Hill, some good defenders. You got Lonzo Ball. So you're not really fighting for who's going to, you know, who's going to beat that basketball. Kyra can be a pass first guy just like, uh, Lonzo can. So it's a, it was a, uh, it was a good, good time. You've seen, uh, Alabama with two of the last three years, having a point guard drafted, both of them were Antoine, Antoine Petway's recruits. So, you know, good job by Antoine Petway, And he's been around and, uh, alabama program for a long time so it's good to see him having some success
1: yeah it's a pelicans team now it's hard not to be excited about the future which if you would have said that a little more than a year ago people would have laughed at you after the anthony davis trade with the lakers but you did get lonzo ball back in that trade you did get brandon ingram back in that trade uh you've added zion williamson as we know in the last uh, uh recruit uh draft cycle so uh Not all that difficult, man, to get uh, excited about the Pels moving forward. And, you know, some good points you made there about Kyra, too. Not only did he play on the ball pretty much 40 minutes a night uh, in his time at Alabama, but under Nate Oates, we're talking about a 94-foot game. So you're not just playing 40 minutes. You're playing 40 minutes at at an extreme pace, too.
0: A lot of pressure. So, I mean, I understand he had turnovers compared to a lot of guards, but I would guess his possession, you know, the number of possessions was up 20%, 30% compared to mm-hmm. – I pulled that number completely out of my butt, by the way. There's no, <laughs> there's no analytics right there. I'm just saying I think the guy, like you said, had the ball in his hands a lot more. You had the ball in your hands a lot more. You're going to have more turnovers. You're going to have that. Plus, again, a really good defender. So um, I was looking at the draft grades. I was up, you know, late last night looking at it. Everybody thought it was a really good pick by the Pelicans and they're a young team. They're really athletic. They really, that's where Kyra fits in. They're young and they're athletic and they have a lot of guys, you know, Zion Williamson's over there. They have the younger guys that are uh, Jackson Hayes. The big kid from Texas is just a baby, you know, when it comes to that. So but a lot of fun, they got to put some pieces around it to be a playoff contender. I know David Griffin, the Pelicans GM said they plan to do that, but they're going to be a fun team. They were fun last year when Zion's on the floor when Brandon Ingram's on the floor, Lonzo Ball. I mean, they've got some talent over there. And plus, they've got 37 picks the next four years. Or whatever. So a good time to get your uh, your new uh, hoodie for Christmas.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm working on that right now. I'm going to get one to go along with my Seattle Storm WNBA Champs hoodie that I secured here. I'm, I'm a Seattle Storm bandwagon fan as well. And Stan Van Gundy is your new head coach down there in New Orleans. That'll be fun. Stan seems like a cool guy to play for.
0: Yeah, he's going to be interesting. He's been around. He's experienced. I like Alvin Gentry, Gentry, too. I mean, he's closing in on 70. was really good with the player. So Trajan Langdon, you, you're familiar with Trajan from Duke, Absolutely. The Alaskan Assassin.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, one of the best shooters you saw in college. I'll never forget, I was sitting there. You know, I'm up late at night in the business we're in, especially when me and you were doing uh, BOL, basically solo for many years. Grinding. I'd be up late. You were always up early. I was always up late. We sort of lapped over, uh, you know, the duties on the message board and everything, the round table. But I remember sitting there one night. I had it on mute, and I was working. I always just find a game, and I, I see out of the corner of my eye this guy lighting it up. And I was like, and it's on mute. I don't know who it is. It's in Italian. It's an Italian league game, and it's Trajan Langdon. I think it was Italian <laughs> league. But he – that shot, you don't forget. So he's a big part of the organization now. So yeah, exciting for Kyra, exciting for Alabama excited for uh Antoine Petway you know to see Colin Sexton to see uh, to see Kyra you know and lottery picks yeah. and you know he's gonna be coming around the mountain when he comes that kid he's not playing a high level of basketball in high school, but he's playing at a high level I mean he he's he has he has highlights he might be the most exciting explosive high school player Alabama's ever signed that I've seen. That includes Gerald Wallace. That includes all the all the ones we've seen growing up. So this guy, he's
1: uh he athletically more exciting than James Hollywood Robinson that Tim. Dude. That dude. That's my guy. I don't I, I, care who I, they bring in here. Hollywood will always be my guy. I'll, I'll never forget Hollywood hitting that three in the corner while blowing <laughs> a bubble. Dribbling <laughs> between his legs through a double team blowing a bubble. What are you
0: talking yeah. about? How many kids do you think ran suicides? Because they took gun <laughs> to school the next day, shooting, shooting, shooting threes in the corner. And oh. their coach, you know, who's also the history teacher and the bus driver, went over there and smacked
1: them upside their head. But special yeah. ed, uh, uh, drivers ed, or you know, one yeah, one of those too. You yeah, know,
0: absolutely, yeah. My baseball coach, drivers ed, they. Uh, but good night for Alabama. Basketball's heading in a good direction. We're less than a week away. Super excited about this roster. I was going over it again last night, sort of doing what we were talking about earlier, who's next for Bama um, uh, coming up. So it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's coming at a good time,
1: too. It is. And we're going to get into football talk, obviously, in just a little bit. But you said it. Who's next as a potential first-round guy for 2021? Is it maybe a John Petty and or a Herb Jones? Uh, Is it Josh Primo? Uh, potentially a one and out. That's going to be a lot of fun to follow during the upcoming season. Jacksonville State in here next Wednesday night at Coleman Coliseum. I'm going to be there. I think I'm taking the whole fam. I don't know about you, but I've got, you know, we were empty nesters there for just a little bit. We've got the whole brood back in house now through Thanksgiving. So uh, everything goes up. Everything goes up. The grocery bill goes up. Ticket purchases for basketball games goes up. Everything goes back up. You know. Yeah,
0: it's going to be good. I mean, we're at a you know we're at an interesting time right now. You've seen a lot of the COVID shutting down games. Um, you've seen a lot of news about the vaccines. I really think hold your breath, get through February into February. I think maybe we're going to be seeing this thing turn
1: around a little I, bit. I definitely hope that's the case. Kind of I think brief- I, nope.
0: Where are you going when you can go anywhere you want to go? Have you, you know,
1: heard? gosh, I don't know, man. You know, I just, I, I'll probably go to a rock show. I'll go to a concert. I'll go to a normal you're going, times you're going to rock show. So you're going yeah.
0: to, did this vaccine work or not? I'll let you know in three
1: hours. <laughs> That's a question I've got for you, too. As soon as this thing is available, will you be first in line? Or are you going to be kind of like, uh... You guys go ahead, and I I'm going to
0: – I've changed it because, you know, I was saying at first I wouldn't. I uh-huh. sort of compared it to that iPhone update you get. You get that update, and you immediately update it. You guarantee your crap's locked down for three hours. You're going to have to do five more updates because that thing's going to be – the first people that take that iPhone update are just working out the kinks. So I usually wait on that, but this – I'll do it. I mean,
1: I do everything else. And then to- after the vaccine, where's the first place you're going, Tim?
0: I want to go to New York City.
1: That was right. the that, that we were. You know, we're going to do Just our dive New York. right into the hot spot. You know, I mean, with that vaccine.
0: I mean, you're at a you're at a Dave Matthews concert, and <laughs> and I'm going to New York City. getting get secondhand high at Central Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Same thing.
0: Yes. Either Charlie Potter and
1: Hank South are going to be promoted. To- Charlie Potter's going to be at uh, Disney slash Epcot is right. ASAP. We know that. I felt bad. Charlie and I had trips. He was
0: going to Japan mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we were going to Europe. So he we I were was going
1: there. to Hawaii for a graduation. That's, that's gone. Or Hank's yeah. house was just going to like Houston. Hank <laughs> <So, like, laughs> was going to like Galveston, I well, think, for a big going weekend. To that
0: baby for a while. He just don't know it.
1: Oh, yeah. He's got a couple now, Hank house.
0: We're going to plan our trip for Europe um, as soon as this clears up. And uh, we're definitely going to go to New York City, some places we haven't been able to go. We're still debating whether to do anything at Christmas. So anyway, some good news and and, uh, looking
1: forward to football this weekend, hopefully. Absolutely. Alabama back at it this weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, First game in the month of November for Alabama in the 2020 season set to take place on the 21st of the month. That doesn't tell you 2020 and kind of what. It's been this year, uh, just about every front. That should certainly do it. And one of the storylines this week, and I wanted to go down kind of memory lane with Uncle Tim. This is kind of our Uncle Tim segment where we all gather around Tim, and uh, he he provides us, he regals us with his recollections and things like that. But Mac Jones, obviously a big part of the storylines this week, having – Committed to Kentucky at one time during the recruiting process four or five years ago now. Summer of 2016, he makes the decision, Tim, to flip to Alabama from the Wildcats. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been an interesting run for Mac, but certainly from a recruiting perspective, because uh, you don't typically, I don't recall many guys anyway, that are the second guy in a two quarterback class that end up achieving to this level that we've seen with Mac. What do you recall about how all that played out back in the day?
0: You know, it's funny, you know, when it comes to recruiting, but especially the quarterback position, because you see a guy, you you know, you know, I'd call him like the sandwich guy. You know, you got this guy's going to get us, he's going to be the backup just in case Tua doesn't pan out, just in case Jalen Hurts gets hurt or whatever. And you don't really think about him as much as you could, you know, a three-star kid, Uh, from Florida, had a ton of big offers, was forgotten, you know, a little bit overlooked in the recruiting process, uh, a little bit overlooked, very quiet, you know, committed to Kentucky, flipped to Alabama, almost an afterthought, but, you know, I don't, I didn't talk to him very often, I had talked to him once for a closeout interview, and before we were getting off the phone, he was sort of like, let me ask you something, why is everybody saying, why is everybody asking me if I'm worried about Tua and Jalen, why would I be worried about them? And I was like, I don't know if this guy doesn't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just got cojones the size of, you know, church bells. I don't know what's happening here. But the guy did not lack for confidence. As you can see, he never has. It's probably got him in a little bit of trouble. He's got that cocky swag to him that you want what you see, want and see with a lot of your quarterbacks. Um, recruitment was rather quiet. You know, there was flip. The whole time there was flip rumors. Uh, I never really found him wavering. So, I mean, like you said, committed to Kentucky, pretty quiet throughout the whole process. Three star guy, obviously much better than his recruiting ranking, sort of got fell through, you know. Um, Brent Key recruited him to Alabama. So kind of a quiet situation, but I'm not surprised because what you see, I mean, you look every year, you look at the quarterback. You know, I remember when Kyler Murray wasn't expected to be the starter at Oklahoma by some national national pundits. You know, and then obviously he took over. You've seen what happened at Georgia, so it's not really surprising that you think you have your quarterbacks this guy, to this guy, to this guy. But those dominoes don't always fall that well that way. And Mac Jones is living proof of it.
1: It has worked out extremely well for both Mac Jones and Alabama, no doubt about that. And you know, we look at again this postponement scenarios that we have in the Southeastern Conference, how it's impacting college football in general during the 2020 season, Uh, there are pros and cons to all of this. I I guess from the Alabama perspective, if you consider Jalen Waddell and his injury and the unlikely, however you may want to sort of describe it, it may be, Uh, for right now, anyway, uh, big picture wise, and you mentioned this before we we started recording today If this college football playoff ends up getting pushed back. That could be nothing but good news. You would think for Alabama where Jalen Waddle is concerned.
0: Yeah, this thing gets pushed back a few weeks. Obviously, obviously it helps his timeline. Uh, I, I know as far as his recovery, I know as far as where he stands, he's on pace um, where they would like him to be. You know how they always give you that best case, worst case scenario, well, I think Jalen's uh, on the best case scenario. It's not surprising. Kids young, uh, in extremely good shape, a hard worker. You know, it's not, it's not surprised that, you know, he's got the best medical care in the world, too. So that he's pushing it. But yeah, this thing could get interesting. And, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're probably canceling games while we're filming this. I mean, while we're filming, <laughs> but, uh, you know, half of this will be moot. But yeah, they're, they're obviously going to have to move around. I don't know why they don't push back the playoffs a couple of weeks. I don't I mean obviously we've ran we've ran into you know a lot of congestion here we're in a lot, lot of traffic so I don't know why it would have killed them to move that back I know it probably hurt financially I know the ratings wise that it's probably going to be you know not as good as the way they've got it set up but I don't care what they say you put four of these teams Alabama Florida Ohio State Clemson Notre Dame you put four of those teams in a, uh, a final four people are gonna watch it.
1: Yeah, I guess, what are they going to run into if they push it back two or three weeks? The NFL playoffs, potentially? I mean, from the college perspective, there's not going to be much until you get until, hopefully, March Madness. And they're even talking about potentially pushing the NCAA tournament back to April or May. So it may work out where, on the collegiate level anyway, everything gets pushed back. So just from that perspective— I don't see where you're going to run into much. Again, I guess maybe the playoffs in the NFL and and the Super Bowl potentially there in early February where it typically sits. At some point, you
0: just got to worry about yourself. You know, you can't worry about the NFL. They're not worried about you. You can't worry about uh, any other sports. I think you do what's best for you. And the one thing I've learned in this when it comes to sports is you you, you really don't need to be in a rush. You know, the Big Ten came running out. Hey, everybody, look where the leaders and then had to friggin' follow the back of the line and, you know, handle things the way they did. Taking your time, figuring it out, adjusting, adapting, bobbing and weaving. That's sort of what you have had to do to get through this. And I think they should just continue it. You got this much into a season, the, the, the end game should not be worried about anything else. No spring football, no summer workouts. You need to be worried about finishing this season. You started it. You're in the middle of it. There's a lot of football played. Some teams have played seven, eight, nine games. So finish the season. That's your priority. You Can't be worried about whether they'll have spring football because there's no way to predict it. Play football. Figure it out.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's like the Masters being pushed back to November this year from April, and there's been a lot of talk in the last few days. Wow, the Masters TV ratings. uh, Lowest since really, I guess, 57 or the late 50s well you know what's better than bad ratings you know you know what's worse than bad ratings no ratings yeah If you're the masters whatever the ratings were going to be in november they were going to be but they were going to be better than no ratings if you hadn't played at all right absolutely
0: it's like chicken wings
1: (laughs) you might have bad chicken wings but that's a lot better than no chicken wings whatsoever as long as they're cooked yeah you might be a flats person you know, and you end up with the drumettes, but guess what? You'll still eat them damn drumettes,
0: you know, absolutely. Well, I know they're trying to keep everybody on the same schedule, the same pace. We're trying to like make it a level playing field, but it's, you can't do it. Texas a and had a, you know, a couple week outbreak, Alabama, yeah. were fortunate. LSU's had to cancel. So you can't really keep them all on the same pace. One, because we're dealing with a, you know, something where we can't stop. It's not like you can put a net around you and stop it. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, Every situation's different. You know, you don't you know the kids at one school might be having the the full out, you know, Snoop Doggy Dog, old school <laughs> frat party. You know what I mean? And the other ones might be locked down, you know, you know, reading a story to each other before they go to bed. So the situations are gonna be different. Um, especially, you know, in every school, you know, different cities. I mean, the opportunity to party in Baton Rouge isn't the same as it is in Starkville. So yeah. got a lot more temptations in some of these schools. So I just say focus on finishing the season. Nobody's worried about spring. There's no way to predict it. Nobody's worried about that. But you're right. I would rather – and, of course, the Masters were lower. I'm not a golf guy. Uh, I saw the winter blew people out pretty good. Tiger fell behind. And mm-hmm. it was that didn't on – not help. It was on against football. I mean, it was, it was pretty – with just knowing our business, Tiger's big for business. And then yeah. – a big lead is bad for business. I need to do, you know, I, I, you know, when I watch golf, when my friends are texting me and I have to turn it over and do Jen his speedo hacking, <laughs> out the river, you know, I need the Tim cup on as just a fan. So you need that drama and that, Hey, tiger's charging. And when I hear that, even though I don't like golf that much, I can't golf mainly, you know, I have no patience, but I go over there and see how tiger's charging or, or whoever's doing what. So finish the season. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Kentucky game. I, I like this team, Kentucky. I think they're a few years away. Good offensive line, scrappy team. Uh, you've seen them play some really good games. Had a chance I to think, miss at the time. We were sort of laughing like, "Oh, they lost to Ole Miss," but now we're looking like Ole Miss is a little bit dangerous.
1: So the not- Ole Miss and Texas A&M wins for Alabama have taken on a, a good bit of luster, whereas the Georgia win it's still a really really good win don't get me wrong but it's not sort of this north star type win that we anticipated it being and you know i wanted to ask you too about trey sanders and all this because we talked about Jalen waddle and then trey unfortunately with his accident car accident down in florida uh the friday of the bye weekend um he's obviously out for an extended period of time and kind of just you know what we project for him moving forward and also does this maybe does this impact Alabama's approach to a running back maybe for this twenty twenty one class, Tim?
0: Uh, I don't think so. They signed yeah. three last year, three guys: uh, uh, Roy Dell Williams, Jace, uh Jace McClellan. kid from Texas, and then Kyle Edwards. So they have those guys. They have Brian Robinson, and you know the biggest thing is they got Najee, who's not a guy that really. They'd rest him, they sit him, but, you know, that guy, he'll play all 60 minutes for you. You know, now you should probably go in and rest the quarterback if you wanted him to. So, you the running back situations, okay, what I'm interested to see, and I get stuck in this every year because, you know, recruiting, I love recruiting, cover recruiting. I want to see these freshmen, although they're not always ready. I just want to get a glimpse of them. So, this was a chance, and, you know, the double bye week was a chance, you know. You know, you know. hopefully Trey gets, you know, better soon. The kids had the worst luck, very talented Uh, guy, but this is a chance for Roy Dell or Jace, especially those two, one of them to step up and get carries against a pretty well-coached defense, a pretty solid defense, so they'll get welcome to the SEC and a chance to sort of see what's on tap for next year. Recruiting-wise, it's probably Kamar Wheaton or Bust for Alabama. That's a really talented running back from Texas. That's sort of been the situation the whole time uh, with him. It's not a great running back class. Last year wasn't a great Uh, running back class but don't remember Alabama took three running backs last year we said this several times because this year there just didn't seem to be a lot that they uh, would want to invest in so a lot of time they want to invest in them so Kamar Wheaton would be a guy that's good enough he's from Texas but otherwise I think it's just status quo I mean we're recruiting we're at that point where you and I we recognize it so much we go from April is what's going on we're not finishing the class it's over to where, why is it so quiet? Well, they filled the class like everybody wanted. <laughs> they filled it. They got a, They had a tremendous class, put it together down to the final few spots. So it's been an interesting ebb and flow for us this year. On top of the, the national stories with the, with the pandemic and everything, but just the flow of everything this year has been crazy to cover.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're at that point where the, the seats are very much limited. Uh, you're getting into standing room only. Sort of mode when you talk about Finalizing this 2021 class And so with that uh, Who are some Who are some folks that have uh, VIP access Some guys that look You know if they they said today They're ready to rock uh, And this was Studio 54 Back in the mid 70's uh-huh. The doorman would take that That velvet rope and uh, Wave them on in who are, who are some of those guys as we look to finish this thing for Alabama
0: you know, I think if Alabama didn't, as much as this will bother people on the roundtable, if Alabama didn't sign another guy, this class is really complete, and they're really at basically the greedy stage—the guys that are just too good to pass up. I know they'd like to add a uh, another defensive lineman that would be in need, and they're involved in and in, uh, in several. What's our guy in Washington? JT name? Tui Malolo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I hope he goes to Alabama just for me and you can do this, where I make you say thank <laughs> you until he heads to the NFL. He'll uh, just
1: be like two at that point. We'll just call him JT, I'm sure, if, yeah, it, if it goes down that way. Um,
0: yeah, but that, him, uh, Shamar Turner. There's other defensive linemen there after. still involved with Mason Smith, probably on the outside looking in. So they're going to be very selective. They would take another wide receiver if it's the right one. I mean, it's kind of the boring time of the year, but it's really what the Alabama staff – this has worked out perfect for Nick Saban. They're in the football season. What are they focused on football? You know, they're not having to work a kid eight to 10 hours. And it always amazes me during this time where kids will say so-and-so is recruiting me harder than other schools, you know, and, and, and spending more time on them. I mean, Alabama's going to focus on that season and finesse and work the guys they've got committed. So, uh Brian Thomas is a wide receiver from Louisiana. Alabama would take. They've got Xavier Worthy committed to Michigan, where Alabama finished second. Looking around, that weird, you know, that Michigan situation. We saw Muschamp get fired, and I don't know how many of us even believed it. Even guys in the business like me and you, when we looked at how much money that was going to cost them, um, I know my next. Contract negotiation with Shannon
1: Terry or whatever. <laughs> I will have that guy representing me. Jimmy Sexton. We we need to see if he'll do like uh, site publishers and editors and stuff. Yeah,
0: really? you know? I hope so because I'm going to have money that's going to make get it on that roster. Yeah. yeah, yes. You'll be holding out. That's <laughs> the kind of money I'll get. Travis will be like, I ain't doing nothing until I get a big paycheck. So, um, we saw that. I didn't really know if they fired fire much yet, but we're hearing all the stuff. You hear a lot of heat on Jim Harbaugh. Um, those are not good football teams. Michigan's no. not a football team. That's not a fun team. Um, I
1: mean, it's not- You know, I look at Michigan, and I think of Dax Hill, you know, that was committed to Alabama a couple of years ago. And really good defensive back. But I guess with the way Malachi Moore has played, you, you don't even really – think about that as much Dax Hill is going to be an NFL player. That's not what I'm saying, but yeah, some of these guys that, that ended up at Michigan, that, uh, that Alabama was involved with it, it would have been interesting.
0: Oh yeah. Dax is a heck of a football player. Now that came down a little bit more, I think for the parents off the field and on the field, I think the dad especially really liked the thought of a, a Michigan degree and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good school academic school. Um, uh, you know, if he doesn't win a national, if Dax doesn't win a national championship, if he doesn't beat Ohio State, if he
1: doesn't do all that, doesn't win the Thorpe Award,
0: right? If he doesn't do all that, you know, you know, he might not be, uh, you know, super happy as far as his achievements he had athletically. But if he graduates from Michigan with a degree, gets drafted in the NFL, even if he played six, seven, five years in the NFL, I would. It's hard for me to say that this guy. You know, didn't make a good decision for him overall. Now, if he wanted to compete for a national championship, he knew he wanted to come to Alabama for that. If he wanted to have a better chance going to the first-round draft, he knew he wanted to go to Alabama for that. That was the factors that helped Alabama. What helped Michigan was the degree. Uh, that the, the dad was in his corner and all that kind of stuff. So the dad definitely liked Jim Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out in the the pandemic with the buyouts being what they are. But, you know, I think South Carolina, maybe even Michigan at some point here is going to have to consider the other side of it. How much do we stand to lose by trying to bring these guys back when you're talking about trying to come out of this stuff, hopefully in the very near future and go back to those season ticket holders, go back to those sponsors, those donors that qualify as whales when writing the big checks and uh, trying to yep. continue to, to draw cash and funds from those folks too. You know, it's kind of like what we do. We're, we're into the new signups and we love all of our new subscribers, but what really keeps us going is the folks that keep coming back. The the, oh, the folks that we retain, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The guys that are there for the long haul. When you look at
0: this coaching possible turnover, that it's not just there's turnover it's the domino effect of what could happen i mean you had billy napier for instance in the sec now all of a sudden you've got nick saban jeremy pruitt kirby smart you've got uh you know billy napier those are all head coaches there's a lot of inner ties uh amongst there connected alabama uh so that would be interesting and also if you see some of these guys i mean we'll must you know You're going to see a lot of really talented coaches. You know, you can be a great coach and not be a great head coach. I think we all know that. Um, But if you're looking at a guy like Derek Mason, if you're looking at a guy like um, uh, Will Muschamp, those guys have great reputations on the field as coaches. I don't think they're going to want for job offers very long. Uh, The biggest thing to me is to see how quick. I mean, when I look around – I see so many names like Clay Helton's two and O, but he's on the hot seat. You know, you, you hear a lot of talk about Jeremy Pruitt being on the hot seat after, you know, basically a pretty short, weird tenure so far at Tennessee. You hear a few, Hugh Freeze's name thrown around a lot. I don't even know. I don't know how much of that baggage affects Hugh Freeze, but I don't buy that it doesn't affect him. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff there to unpack with Hugh Freeze, but look what he's doing at Liberty um, And that coat, you know, that's another thing. These little side that quarterback Malik uh, Willis is that his name at Liberty? Yeah, was a- Auburn Auburn transfer. This yeah. kid looks like a million dollars. This kid. Now I know it's a lower level co- competition. They played a better team this week, but this kid's going to be a draftable guy. So the interweavings of these dominoes that are going to fall are going to
1: be really, really interesting to watch this year. Yeah, you you think about Malik Willis and you say, well, you know, it's a different situation. Well, it's really the same offense he was in at Auburn. I mean, a lot of the same principles are in play and what Hugh does, uh, offensively is what Auburn does. So, uh, you, you can't attribute it entirely to that.
0: The kid's got a big arm. Um, Hugh yeah. freeze looks like, you know, the, the great coaches simplify around their talent. They, you know, they, they, they'll use everybody. can't be whatever your version of a high IQ quarterback is, whether it be, uh, you know, a Tim Tebow or, you know, or whoever you want, they will simplify sort of what I thought Ohio state did. I think, you know, a lot of the talk was that Justin Fields at Georgia didn't really grasp the Cheney offense and he goes to Ohio state and they, they work around it. They put Fields in every advantage to be a good football player, which is all you could ask for. So,
1: um, that's what Lane does. I mean, Lane kind of has this, uh, this, this, uh, this, this reputation of having this complex offense. And look, what he did with Blake Sims in 2014 was simple. Get the ball to Amari Cooper on just about every play. And when you weren't doing that, you handed it to T.J. Yeldon or Derrick Henry. That was essentially Alabama's offense in 2014, not to undervalue what Blake did. It was a, a no, season for all time. True. But what Lane does well is come up with formations and personnel groupings that get defenses thinking one thing when essentially all he's trying to do is run a lot of the same plays over and over again. You know, that's what the great ones do. They give you a lot to look at, and then they do what they really want to do after the ball is snapped.
0: Yeah, and Lane Walk, you know, he fell into quarterback situation that was perfect for Lane Kiff. And There's not... Matt Corral, oh,
1: Corral Matt, is perfect for him. Matt yeah.
0: He was a five-star talent, had some off the field issues in high school. Um, obviously we haven't heard anything since. So he straightened it out. He flirted with Alabama, was committed to Florida, I think at one point. Yep. Um, so this kid had super talent. So that wasn't the issue. It was more off the field Would he gets, you know, mature a little bit and a lot of the stuff the kids go through. So you fall in there. Usually that guy's not waiting on you at Ole Miss. Um, you know, you know, usually that guy's, you know, not going to Ole Miss or transferred out somewhere else. So he walked into the perfect quarterback. The kid's got, you know, arm talent, smart, you know, I know he had a bad game against Arkansas, but overall, this kid's a really good football player. Walked into that, had some really good skill players at Ole Miss too. I mean, they had.
1: Aisha uh, Moore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, him the running back that was uh, was I don't know if we what's his name Jerry and Ely Snoop a guy, Connor guy that we
1: weren't even experienced sure. offensive line. Yeah, uh, I mean talk
0: around Ely was that he was going to go to the major league baseball draft that year.
1: Yeah, uh, and he I, was I, good last year as a freshman, but he's perfect for what Lane does. Absolutely.
0: So Wayne Lane walks in, finds good guys, and he just milks them. You know, Lane will wear you out. Lane would do that at USC. He would throw to one guy the whole game, like Robert Woods. Had forty, you know, forty catches every football game. Lane yeah. really will throw. There ain't no decoy with Lane.
1: <laughs> he you just know. lines them up in different spots.
0: And I mean, absolutely. And he's he, telling he, you, 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 you shut down Robert, I'll find somebody else. You shut down Elijah, I'll find somebody else. You shut down Amari, I'll find somebody else. But it's hard. It's you're like you know, it's pretty hard to shut them down.
1: Yeah, it is. It's pretty hard to shut down the mailbag on the B O L roundtable. By the way, and yeah. when we come. This one, so this will be fun. When we come back from the break, uh we will check in on the mailbag. I uh didn't ask uh I didn't ask Tim Watts about his boy Jam Bama going Jihad Jihad uh Bama on the round table where the latest twenty twenty one class ranking update is concerned. Maybe we'll get into it. I've been told that might be a, a danger zone, but we might still go there anyway. But we'll definitely get into the mailbag. Absolutely. We'll get into the mailbag when the Bama Online podcast returns. Travis Ryer, Tim Watts, more right after this.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: It's the Bama Online Podcast, back with more of this edition featuring site publisher Tim Watts. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? Real simple, a couple clicks. It's free. Wherever you consume podcasts, you're going to find us. The Bama Online Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Megaphone, you name it. We'd love for you to join us on a consistent basis. Subscribe to the podcast. It's going to drop right to that trusty iPhone of yours as soon as we drop it here on the pod. Uh, Tim, as we come back here, as promised, the Bama Online uh, Roundtable mailbag as we get through the remainder of today's program. And we're also going to get into some holiday Thoughts as we approach Thanksgiving. We're one week exactly away from Turkey Day and look ahead to the Christmas holiday as well. But we kind of touched on a few of these already that are uh, in the mailbag. But oh, you know, uh, he wants specifics on who Tim thinks Alabama will close with in this 2021 cycle. Let me put it this way to you, Tim. If you had to sort of handicap two or three guys right now, as favorites to join this class, maybe how, how would you uh, how would you rank those those prospects?
0: Yeah, you know, they they basically after Kool Aid after McKinstry committed to Alabama, you sort of got to that point where Alabama wasn't a big leader for anybody. They were in the mix for several people, but those people are some of the most elite in the country. I mean, for me, the way I uh, I sort of slot things in my mind, I usually do like. In my mind, Alabama will get one defensive lineman, one wide receiver, and one wild card. So when you start slotting into that, I think they will end up with Brian Thomas or Xavier Worthy, or you know they'll they'll find it. It's got to be a guy they like, but they could end up with those two. Those two are too good to pass up. Brian's been pretty flirty with Alabama this whole process, so Alabama's sort of battling Texas A&M. LSU looks like it's a little bit out there, Um, you know. So, but you know, on the defensive line. I would have really went with Shamar Turner. I've said this several times. Him not being able to visit is one that really hurt Alabama, in my opinion. I think Texas, Texas A&M sort of surged ahead a little bit uh, in that one. Um, JTT's a guy, Alabama's bad in Ohio State. I think they'll get one wide receiver, one defensive lineman, and this could literally change by 6 o'clock tonight. And then they'll get a wild card like a – you know, wild cards would be, you know, Terry and Arnold, the uh, sorry, one of those, the, the Florida linebacker type of kid. So, y'all know I'm not super bold with my predictions. I freak out when I'm wrong. But they've got some guy, they feel confident enough to let a kid like Jordan Gilbert, who uh, picked up an LSU offer, the safety slash cornerback from Baton Rouge that they had recruited, let him, uh, you know, he's on the verge of committing somewhere else without them pushing for him. So, they've been fairly confident. Again, you've got, You know, a lot of talent, a class that's pretty much filled A to Z. So you're, you know, at this point, you're just being best available. So they could end up saving these spots for transfers or anything else.
1: Jared Burns on the round table. He's getting out there a little bit already with the 2023. So we'll throw a couple of these at you and and see if there's anything we need to know as of right now. Uh, A couple of in-state guys. James Smith, a big defensive tackle from Carver High School down in Montgomery for 2023 and kelby collins a weak side defensive end from gardendale uh jared's wondering is is alabama close to offering either or both of those guys or you know kind of tell us what the process is like when you talk about guys that are still uh a couple of cycles down the road
0: well these guys here he's mentioned and this 2023 class is really good and um it's, in fact, it's one of the best. I mean, to be so early in this class and to know so many guys' names that are going to be uh, big, big-time targets and uh, nationally recruited guys, I mean, you had one of the weirdest situations ever where you had Peter Woods from Thompson High School. You had James Smith from uh, Carver and Montgomery. And then you had um, LeBas. Overton, all three are defensive linemen. All three lived in the state of Alabama until Overton moved, uh, I believe, around last holiday break. You could add the top three players in the 2023 class from the state of Alabama. All three are defensive linemen. Uh, Mm Throwing Kelby Collins, the guy he mentioned, another guy that's going to get serious interest from uh, several schools, big, long, uh, athletic-looking guy. I mean, it's one of the weirdest situations, unique situations. It's not weird with that. But, yeah, Alabama's offered a few of those guys. Tony Mitchell, I believe, was on the verge of committing to Alabama. He committed to Tennessee early. He's a defensive back at Thompson High School, him and Peter Woods. Also, 2022, Jeremiah Alexander, who decommitted from Alabama. So Thompson's a pretty loaded area. James Smith, I mean, you know, the thing is that I enjoyed, even though it's 2023, I really spend more time on the junior, senior class, and then I drop down to the junior class, not so much on the sophomore class. But this this year, I really enjoyed watching the, the Overton, the Woods, and the Smith film, and you literally watch three these three guys, and the guy you like the best is whoever put out the most recent huddle. They're that good. They're that interchangeable. I don't even know which one of those, but very elite. Alabama's offered all these kids, I'm pretty sure, but except for Kelby uh, Collins. So they'll be in the mix for all those guys. It's going to be a big year in Birmingham, which means it'll be a big year for uh, Alabama recruiting ace Carl Scott, who did a lot of work these last two classes. Kool Aid, Kool Aid himself was a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on uh, a Carl Scott, to land, a Birmingham kid, 45 minutes away, been to the school, you know, you know, 15 times in his career, five star defensive back, so he did a great job there. And then the year before, of course, we've covered flipping Drew Sanders, flipping Jace McClellan, just overall. So Carl's going to have a busy next two years. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be good in state years, and those you, usually when you're the you are a school that has a big-time talent base in your state, and you keep a lot of those guys, you're going to do well because Alabama also
1: adds the national guys. Bama man for JC in the roundtable mailbag. He wants to know about college football coaches who are likely to get fired this year. We already hit on some of that uh, previously. uh, And maybe some candidates to replace them. You know, with Will Muschamp out at South Carolina, Billy Napier, the former Alabama assistant, has been a name that has circulated prominently in relation to that vacancy. Um, it's been a it's been a pretty amazing road back for Billy Napier to go from his situation at Clemson to. Really, one of the founding analysts here at Alabama under Nick Saban, he was in the the early stages of that, and then went on the field here at UA. He's done a good job of, you know, working his way back up and through the head coaching ladder. Currently at the University of Louisiana, uh, that's a name that's up there, Tim. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze, we've talked about what what constitutes a job that uh, you know is 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 sort of relatable to Hugh freeze and his situation. You talked about the baggage. Uh, and then I'm, I'm interested too, just to see what happens with Will. You know, where does Will Muschamp go from here too?
0: I mean, you know, he can go to Fiji. But I'm
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: his Look, own Island. Yeah.
0: yeah he's I hear old, you on that. You know, that, that guy's lived a blessed life. You know, he's uh he's done really well, good coach and defensive coach. and's really made the most of that. You know, the thing about it is to me, with that question is who should get fired, who could get fired, who could get fired and you not, you know, you justify it. There's a lot of coaches, but that second part of the question is who replaces them. That's where, that's where the problem is with firing coaches. You know, you, you, if you fire a Jim Harbaugh, who do you go get? Yeah. You know, the the,
1: Luke fickle. Can you get Luke fickle from Cincinnati? Ohio state alum.
0: I would go straight for urban Meyer if I was a Michigan.
1: Wow. That would be
0: something. I wouldn't even pause. I wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> I would think twice. I don't
1: know. If How's do? he going to coach Texas and Michigan at the same time, though, Tim, and possibly USC as well, although apparently USC this past offseason wasn't all that crazy about the possibility of Urban.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw the heated debate. Urban Myers become that legend of who will coach next, and we saw it with, with Jim Harbaugh. Don't forget, it was every year, is he going to coach this college team? Is this college team – Jim Harbaugh is going to be so great in college. He's going to dominate college. Don't forget the narrative of how great this guy was when he yeah. was Michigan. And he's been he's been pedestrian. I mean, he has been he's been average Joe. They have not been very good Michigan team um, for all the buildup. I mean, you saw people saying, you know, of course, you know, guys that that need that attention that were screaming he was better than Nick Saban. You know, I mean, it was it. You know,
1: I was, but he was taking his team to Italy for spring break. Him. They were having a lot of fun, you know.
0: This dude did a
1: camp in Prattville,
0: Alabama.
1: <laughs> that's really he was coming. Off. He was coming
0: really paid off with his Alabama pipeline as well. With his shirt uh,
1: off, he did that.
0: Ooh. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, I still with this. The thing that's that this one been the most interesting to follow to me is like you can't go to sleep not expecting to wake up with some kind of news at LSU right now. You know it? Yeah. You it's it's media, rough I mean, every day there's a new story There's a new
1: rumor going around um, I'm curious to see, you know Well, now what- now you're worried about a total cover-up And involving the, the sexual harassment claims And uh, domestic violence claims over there and, and And if you're LSU, you know Obviously, first and foremost It ought to be the safety of your student base that you're taking into consideration and doing everything to facilitate that, but secondarily, how far might this thing go in Baton Rouge? And, and I'm talking about even perhaps beyond the the football level, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you start getting into, you know, they pay people. People go to a lot of school. People go are trained for a lot of years to handle the the uh, the discussions on. Um, anything to do between a man and a female in a one-on-one situation, there's a lot of experts. I don't, I think you have to really be trained. You really have to be familiar with handling that situation. And I just don't think any football coach is the guy that, that, no. that wants that. Cause it's really, you're stuck in between. I mean, for no. a football coach, you're in the worst situation. I mean, you don't, you, you can't throw your player under the bus. You don't want to victim blame. It's the thinnest line. I wouldn't even want to touch it, to be honest with you. Um, no. Because no doubt I would say or handle something wrong because I, I don't – I'm not able to understand the situation of both the people that were involved in. But I know if that, that comes to me, I know who to go to. I know – Immediately.
1: Like, Immediately. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like if that situation happened with our current job – I have no opinion, I know immediately who to go talk to, and not only do I go and make sure the person talks to the right person, I follow up. I don't just send a number. Hey, call this person. I follow up right. make sure they can. that's where the breakdown is. um you got this guy texting? Is that right? He texted the coach and said i hit 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 a female, and we've been fighting, and the coach never did it I mean or that was he the general manager what is that guy the Assistant AD.
1: One of the support staffers.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know what he does, but I mean, that's instantly going up the ladder to somebody, especially after we saw what happened with the Penn State situation, where we still don't know. That obviously didn't go up the right flagpoles or nobody, you know, or, or they ignored it. But you do your part that you're involved with to make sure it goes in the right direction. So, yeah, you're looking at a cover up. I mean, you got the Will Wade allegations. Um, you know, you have a struggling football team. They oh, you just
1: you got hit with you got hit with sanctions by the NCAA in season two. You're losing scholarships, um, and so yeah, it's it's been a it, it, the, the national championship from last fall seems like twenty years ago
0: now. Well, you sort of saw of the dominoes everything that's happened. You sort of saw the dominoes falling really quickly for LSU with the. Uh, uh, you know, you sort of you know, you saw some of the stuff they did that was released from their locker room. You saw. Yeah.
1: When Odell was handing out hundred dollar bills on the actual playing surface of the Superdome, you, you thought there might be some issues coming. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're a grown
0: man and you need the attention of a college team you're not on when that. He's
1: that, so thirsty
0: that, yeah. Yeah, that atten- Odell, you get enough attention. <laughs> that is a really great LSU football team. Fantastic. I love the fact they're going, that's no, fake money. And Joe Burrow's like, no, I spent that. No, that was, that, <laughs> that was our cash, you know? So you sort of saw this buildup, you know, they don't
1: you know, take they don't take monopoly hundreds at the bourbon cowboy. Well,
0: you if know, you believe in I, fate, you believe in karma. You know, the guys that ran over to uh, the Alabama recruiting section and told the kids to come to LSU, they all left. They opted yeah. out. Marcel Brooks transfer. <laughs> Those guys are telling kids to come where they're not even going to be in four months. So you had that whole situation. You had the you had the hot mom on social media dancing in the White House.
1: Um, I'm sure. Yeah, everyone, and you had the big uh, the, the booster that was funneling money away from oh my god like, sick children to pay the out. dad of a player. I mean, come on, man. What was he buzzing? You want to talk for? about a Randy Moss? Come on, man. How about that one?
0: $180,000 for an interior offensive lineman? By yeah. Sanders. Is that what it was? That's what he was accused yeah. of? Uh, for an interior offensive lineman?
1: Not even a left tackle. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Spend your money wisely, son. So, I like that he mm. was stealing from a hospital to buy kids. Not his own kids. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. You know, that. Hey, is uh. Go ahead. As we wrap up the mailbag, it's time to get serious here. McGruber, favorite Saturday Night Live actor and skit. Man, I don't think we have enough time for this one, but we'll, yeah, we'll definitely you, give it our best shot.
0: And damn it, we'll make time.
1: You're spanning like five five decades in trying to figure this That's, one out.
0: Yeah, I think it probably depends. Like, if you talk, if you're a Saturday Night Live pa- person, I think your favorite depend on your age group. Because my age group will bring up Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase, you know, you know the all all the good great stuff they did. For me personally, the 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 two guys I love on there the most. Steve Martin's great on there, obviously. I love Justin Timberlake on there, and I love Christopher Walkins. I don't know, you know, we watch Christopher Walkins all these years. I'm a huge fan. You go back to Deer Hunter, you know, he's insane.
1: You go to but what to- about what about permanent Cast member, not just guest, or oh. reoccurring. You know, kind, you know, Alec Baldwin's kind of become a reoccurring. Oh, he's a go, yeah. But in terms of just, I'll give you mine. And and before uh, McGruber asked this, I, I never would have thought it, but I'm gonna go Dana Carvey just because that dude knocked it out of the park with so many. Think about it, man. Church Lady, Wayne's World. Okay. I mean, think about the the characters that this dude had that just weren't reoccurring. They were all timers. When you talk about Dana Carvey,
0: yeah, Eddie Eddie Murphy would obviously be one of mine. I love yeah. Tina Fey and uh, Chris
1: Farley would be up there and, uh, for me.
0: Farley, Amy Poehler. They've had so much that they were Chris Farley's like. He was so all in on any sketch he did. And it, it could be a flop, and dude was, <laughs> was still going 90 to nothing with it. I love – I really like Tina Fey, um, Andy Poehler. They did good stuff together. But you're right, it's – I was thinking guest star. If you're thinking
1: overall, characters throughout – who, who do you got as your best guest on the show? I mean, Walken's <laughs> up there just because well, of Cowbell.
0: Well, the thing I like about Walken, the thing I love about Walken is that was – we got to see – a guy we've never seen before. Every movie he's been in, he's insane. I mean, he is literally insane since the deer hunter. He's crazy. He's in Stephen King stuff. He's always this wild gangster. And he's so good at it. You never really see him smile in his movies. And then you flash forward to Saturday night live, you know, and the dudes, the pervert looking through the window, you know, the two way mirror. Mm-hmm. You remember that, that scene where like, there was a, <laughs> I remember the girl went in the bathroom And he said, yeah, freshen up. And then you see him light a cigarette. He's behind a two way mirror (laughs) and exposes him watching her. So we just got to see. I love Christopher
1: Walker. I got to see a different side of him. Uh, So he would probably always be, you know, my favorite from Alec Baldwin's been great throughout the years. And I'm not making any references to his recent appearances as President Donald Trump. I'm talking about Canteen Boy you go back to Canteen Boy with Adam Sandler and some of those creepy-ass skits that he did uh, with I Sandler got- and Sweaty Balls. Sweaty was Balls. How <laughs> But those two that-
0: hilarious girls
1: who were friggin' hilarious. Oh, gosh. Would- On, like, I- NPR radio. How did he sit there with a straight face that long Sweaty <laughs> Balls? Uh, oh, gosh.
0: Great show. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff
1: there. That gets you into the holiday spirit with his amazing sweaty balls.
0: Yeah, we watched it here so, with the kids. I remember showing them. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, literally every year. And I remember them like, like I don't get Pete it.
1: sweaty,
0: and yeah, sweaty I, balls. I, I, remember, I remember the kids not getting it. And then finally they started to get it. And it was hilarious. <laughs> they thought they were like getting meatballs or something. I'm like, sweaty <laughs> balls.
1: Oh, gosh. Oh, y'all, it's hilarious. Speaking of those, I don't think we'll have any of those with our Thanksgiving. But what do you got planned coming up here? I mean, we got Thanksgiving coming up and, uh, gosh, and the COVID-19 era and you know, the, the stuff we're dealing with. Is it going to be kind of a concentrated Watts get-together? Will it be expansive? Is it going to be any different than it's been in previous years? What, what's that going to look like, Tim? Yeah,
0: it's, it's going to be totally different for us. We were I was discussing that with my wife, and we were – She's going to go see her parents down in uh, in South Alabama for a few days. They won't even be here on Thanksgiving. I'm going to give thanks by myself, gladly, for a couple of days. And uh, don't y'all judge me. I have been stuck in a house with six feet. Solo people. Thanksgiving. Wow, yeah. Tim. Then I'm going to do Thanksgiving with my mother on Sunday. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm talking about ordering Cat's Deli from New York City and eating it by myself on Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, is that what you're doing for real?
0: That's what I'm debating. Yes, that's what I would like. They'll to ship do. it
1: down. Have you done oh, that before cat's, with cats?
0: Yes, absolutely. Cat's Deli will send you that pastrami. You can weekend. watch
1: the Macy's Macy's parade while you do I, that. Are they even going to have the parade this year?
0: Uh, I think they've canceled that. They canceled. Yeah. If they cancel Mardi Gras, dude, ain't none safe.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: And also, you know. and you're getting that close. If they're saying that vaccine's ready in February, I think everybody's saying, just hold on. You know, like I said, sixteen to 90 days. Yeah. We've made it as far as it's been a long run. If you guys it made has. it, it's saying I'm proud of each and every one of you. And again, the round table has had some of the best moments in its history during this simply because we had to figure out a way to entertain ourselves.
1: Quarantine table. It's been since mid-March and it has been a lot of fun. So, you know, I know you're, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty forward thinking and you're kind of a planner when it comes to the Christmas shopping. So I'm guessing you've already got all that done too. You won't be, you won't be, uh, online or elsewhere where black Friday is concerned.
0: You know, I do. I I don't know why, but I am an obsessive Christmas shopper and, uh, (laughs) I always like to get the basics done early. The pressure, usually because Uh I, I don't feel pressure, but I know like others do. You see people, I don't think you should be stressed about buying a present and I see a lot of people stressed. So ours is literally done. Um, Ours was, ours was pretty much literally done, you know, you know, wrapping up this week and then we'll just add little stuff as you see great sales and there's going to be sales that you absolutely can't pass on, you know? So it's more of a laid back, fun, relaxed time uh, for us. And also all the kids are teenagers. So, you know, change it a little bit. What are you, you guys going
1: anywhere? We no, are- no, it's it's just, uh, you know, your boy, Evan Ryer. he came in from Montana yesterday and he'll be down for a couple weeks and he's in the house. Uh, the two daughters will be in the house. So, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be sentimental for about 48 hours and then it'll be survival mode. I fear for for the remainder of the next week or so. You know, because uh, they'll try to kill each other is my concern between now and Sunday the 29th I just got to get through the Iron Bowl weekend. You know, that
0: sweet wife here, throw some of that chocolate
1: on. Them. Oh, she she's not the problem bad. at all. Oh, no, I mean,
0: throw it on them kids and bad oh, she,
1: she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna be what keeps it all together. If there is any chance of this sustaining uh, for a week and a half or so, it's because of her. There's no doubt about that. It's it's all the other pieces that she's gotta try to juggle, you know. She's kinda like the uh, uh, the the lady that rides the unicycle and flips the teacups up on her head at the basketball. Hey, how, how, uh, what is it? Red uh, how, I forget her name how, now. How, how, how lady, dude. Yeah. She well, she's kinda
0: who can even ride a uh, what a unicycle and who can even juggle dishes, but who the hell can do it at simultaneously?
1: Is it uh I forget the name of the lady now. It's it's not Red Panda, is it? Oh gosh, that's terrible. And we're going into basketball season and everything. But uh, yeah, that's what we'll have going on here. So uh, if we don't do this before Thanksgiving, I hope you have a great one, man.
0: Same to you, and hopefully we'll do one before or after. Maybe we'll sneak in one on Wednesday. but it yeah into the top of the board. Let's we'll find some hot a hot topic. Like which Home Alone do you watch? Which is a Christmas it's Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Yes, uh I, I say it is because that's kind of the way the movie starts.
0: You changed, you, know? you changed my mind. I used to be adamant. You know, I still get people confused with a Halloween movie and a scary movie.
1: Yeah. See there's there's scary movies and then there's horror movies, right. the way I look at it, right?
0: Absolutely like I don't think yeah. the thirteenth is a Halloween movie.
1: And I don't think The Shining is a horror flick, you know?
0: Oh, that's a great book, by the way. Outstanding. Come up with something good for you guys. Get this uh, season. Hopefully, they'll be playing. You know what's amazing, Thought Amazing. Is that the Iron Bowl is next weekend.
1: Uh, I've said it this week. It's It's just just like. Out in the world. In in a year that seems like it'll never end, it, it at the same time seems like Thanksgiving and the Iron Bowl have just totally snuck up on us. Like, it's hard to believe they're actually next week, but that's kind of year it's been, I guess. All right, Tim, as always, great stuff for us here on the podcast. Always great stuff there at BamaOnline.com. Be sure to post up with us throughout the holiday season and beyond on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice at BamaOnline.com. Thanks, Tim.
0: All right. Appreciate it, man. We'll see you guys on the roundtable.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. We'll do it again real soon